Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hello, and we're back with Ladies Track Library. I'm Kabora, and I'm here with Jen. How are you? Hey, Kabora. I'm doing good, and it's good to be back. All right. So, this time, we read Star Trek Picard, The Last Best Hope, by Una McCormick. And so, I'll just read um, what's on the back, and also what's on the inside cover of the book. What's going on, Victor? Everything that Admiral Borchen is about to change. He turned to his second, Captain Kirsten Clancy, sitting at his right hand, nodded. Leaning forward, she whispered, the Romulan star is about to go nova. The car took a moment to consider some of the implications of this statement. As these became overwhelmingly, truly, and purifyingly all-encompassing, he lifted his hand to press his fingertips against the right side of his face, an instinctive action that he had never quite suppressed, protect where he felt most vulnerable, where he had been most harmed. Then on the inside cover, it said, Fifteen years ago, you led us out of darkness. You commanded the greatest rescue armada in history. Then, the unimaginable. What did that cost you? Your faith? Your faith in us. Your faith in yourself. Tell us, why did you leave Starfleet, Admiral? Every end has a beginning, and this electrifying novel details the events leading into the new Star Trek TV series, introducing readers to brand new characters featured in the life of John Luc Picard, widely considered to be one of the most popular and recognizable figures in all of science fiction. Okay, so that was the book, and the book came out about, like, after the second episode of the Star Trek Picard series, and, of course, this book is a prequel to Star Trek Picard. So, um, so it takes place um, right when they found out about the Romulan supernova, and it ends, well, sometime right, like right after the um, attack on Mars that we know about from Short Treks. So uh, getting into the book, so what did you think about how um, Raffi and Picard and their relationship in this book? Um, well, you know, a, a lot of people commenting online that I've seen that, that have been watching the show, um, I think, didn't like the fact that Raffi calls him JL, and they felt like maybe the relationship was a little too casual. Um, but that didn't really bother me. I think in this book, you really get more background on their relationship um, and what they meant to each other. And she was really... Uh, you know, uh, his right-hand man or woman, I guess you would say in this case, uh, through the, the whole period where uh, he's in charge of the Romulan relief effort. I mean, she really did a lot for him, um, probably more than he knew about because she was doing all this work and not wanting to burden him with some of it because she knew he was stressed out. Um, and so they had a, a really close relationship, um, which which I thought was really which was really a nice relationship uh, in, in a lot of ways, like his relationship with Riker. So it, it kind of gave me the same sort of 
feeling um, that I had watching Next Generation, the interaction between those two, um, Picard and Riker and uh, Picard and Raffi. Um, and her personality was reminded me somewhat of Riker, too. She's, you know, definitely more laid back um, than Picard, for sure. She was, um, yeah, so she's his new number one in this. Um, I, I like how they, like, so when, when he talked to Beverly and Picard told him, like, to get someone who, you know, who, who will say that he's wrong, someone who will oppose him sometimes when she, when she really does disagree with him. And so, um, and that, I think Raffi fills that role pretty well. He had seen her give a presentation about uh, the Romulan uh, son going supernova. Oh. And, and he was so impressed with the presentation that he requested her uh, to, to join the team. So they had never met before this book. But, but you know, and, and all through the book, he's saying that um, he was saying that he, 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 do, he did think he made the right decision picking her. Uh, she was good for this mission, even though she and she had problems in the book, which we saw on the show that the um, about her family, her own husband and son. And they they basically disowned her in, in this book that had already that, that happened before the, the show started. Um, which which was sad for her, and it was really something that was one of the big emotional moments in the book. Yeah, it, um, you know that that really, really, and I will get into this more later. I know we have on on the plan about what we're going to talk about, but um, I think that's one thing that really reading this book and reading about uh, her relationship with her husband and her son and how she lost that relationship because she, she put this mission as her priority and she was so devoted to it um, that, you know, she left her family behind basically. Um, and she had to, you know, make a choice between, between the mission and her family. So when you see in the show Picard, the episode where she goes to free cloud and, and tries to see her son, who's now an adult, um, it, it really makes that episode a lot more poignant and knowing the backstory about, what happened um, within the family and why they're um, estranged. And she, um, she still cusses a lot in the book. Um, so, so getting on to, to um, Gerardi and Maddox, I mean, their relationship would, of course we, yeah, the things, if you hadn't read the book first, then you're watching the show and then you, you didn't realize that they, that they had been a couple in the past. Yeah. And of course, you know, I read this book, you know, only a few of the episodes had been out um, at that point when I finished the book, and it hadn't even reached the point in the show where you learn that uh, Gerardi and Maddox had been in, in a relationship. Um, so that was actually kind of a surprise for me reading the book. Um, and in the show, even though you do learn that, you know, that they were in a relationship, you don't, it doesn't go into a lot of detail about their relationship. So it's uh, really interesting to read it in the book and you really get a perspective of, um, you know, they didn't, their relationship was pretty unhealthy. <laughs> to say the least. He, he was really more concerned about his work. And of course there's the age difference and, and everything, you know, and, and so like how, how did this love thing happen? I think she left him more than he left her. Yeah. I didn't get the impression that he was that much older than her because she was already, working in Starfleet, but she had gone back to school for like a second degree. So, I mean, I think there was maybe some age difference, but it wasn't a huge one. But I mean, the main, you know, issue that I saw with the relationship 
was that, you know, she was starstruck. Um, she, you know, she knew about his work in him and, and had sort of had this crush on him before she even met him. And she just, you know, everything he did, she loved. And, you know, he, he did grow to love her back, but not, not in the way that she loved him. And for him, you know, I don't think he could ever really love someone more than he loved his work. His work was always going to be the priority. Um, you know, even, even when he admitted to himself that he loved her, he couldn't put her above the work. Exactly. So that's why, like, in the end, he, he wound up leaving, and she was devastated. And, in, you know, I still have to talk about the show. So, so she wound up killing him, and you have to say, well, I, I mean, she was crying when she did it. So, I mean, I know she, she didn't want to. She probably did still love him, but it, it makes you wonder, well, you know, part of it might have been payback, even though, you know, all the other stuff about the, the sense and everything and, and her talk with Commodore O, but she, you know, hated and loved him at the same time, probably by, by that time. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I think, I mean, I don't think she would have just killed him uh, out of, you know, anger alone, but I think there definitely was probably an element of that uh, in it, you know, the anger in him for abandoning her. So that that probably played into it a bit. And so the book introduced, I mean, a lot of new characters. Um, any of the characters in particular you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of really great characters in this book that don't, that are not, did not make it onto the show because they either died by the time the book had ended or they just, um, you know, uh, their storyline doesn't continue with the show. Um, the ones that that I really enjoyed reading the most, I would say, was one, the uh, relationship between the Romulan astrophysicist, Ritet, and uh, Safadi, who was a, an astrophysicist on Earth. And I yeah. say relationship, even though they, they never actually met, and they never really even communicated with each other, even though she had written him a letter, and, and she, you know he knew of her work. Um, but, you know, she reached out to him because she also recognized his work and, you know, they wanted to, she wanted to have someone to confirm her findings about the Romulan supernova. And just seeing the, from his perspective, you know, where he's living in this oppressive state where, you know, it, it really was like, giving you a glimpse into life in the Romulan Empire for this scientist who, who doesn't want anything to do with politics. He only wants to do his science and find his, you know, tell the truth about science. Um, but everything is censored. Nobody knows what anyone else is doing. You can't trust anyone else. The scientist working next to you is probably a spy. And it was very much like 1984, if you've ever read that book. Um, and, and I just thought that was great that the author included that bit about what, what would life was like for this scientist on Romulus at the time. And I also kind of thought that this, the Romulan scientist, well, in, in some ways was similar to Maddox because they were both scientists who were, were so much into their work. They really wanted to be left alone just so they could do their work and, and nothing else. And that's, you know, he, he was driven like that. Yeah, he was. Although I think he, 
you know, he didn't, I think Maddox had a little bit of the mad, more of the mad scientist uh, element in him. I think Rutet wasn't really a mad scientist, but he was so obsessed with his work to the point where he um, didn't recognize other things happening around him. He didn't really interact well with other people, um, you know, in society. I guess the stereotype of the, the awkward scientist because yeah. he's introverted. Um, so, but there were some parallels to him and Bruce Maddox. And, you know, it's a really sad story. What happens to him in the end is that he, you know, ends up being tortured to the point where he can't really even recognize reality anymore. And when it's time to evacuate Romulus, um, he gets left behind because he just can't accept that something is happening, that, you know, that the government could be lying about what's happening. Yes. But, but also, um, like you said about Stefati and Rutet, they're, um, you know, you know, it was, it was great the way it was written because it's so poignant the way the two of them, they kind of worshiped and admired each other from afar and never got to meet. That's just, you know, it's almost a love story, but they weren't really in love, but they just admired each other's work so much. I love that. Yeah, it was. It, it was in many ways like a love story with the two people never actually got to meet or communicate, just murder each other from afar. And that, that was really neat to see the different perspectives there. Um, and then I guess the other minor character that I really thought was, uh, I loved, maybe love to hate, <laughs> it's a better way to phrase it, was Quest, who was the uh, politician from one of the Federation outworlds who sort of, um, decides to be a thorn in Picard's side. Um, and, you know, I think the author wrote her so well, and it brought to mind so many politicians that we, we all know now, someone who is this, you know, sort of petty person who really uses the excuse that they're working for the good of their own people and that they want to help their own people when really it's more about them getting into power and, and getting control um, and, you know, taking every opportunity that she could to uh, try to s sabotage the, the Romulan rescue effort. And so that, that's right. And I hadn't, you know, like I didn't think about it until you just said it. So she was a lot like the Romulan politicians. I mean, being uh, very selfish and want, wanting her own power. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I, and actually I didn't think of it until you said it either. I didn't, but I think you, that the author was drawing parallels there. Of course, I, I of course, I don't think she was quite, uh, you know, she, she certainly wasn't evil to the level of where we see the Romulan senator who's basically wow. going to let his own people die at the end. You know, she, she doesn't have ill will. Uh, she doesn't want to see people die, but she's sort of blinded by her own, uh, you know, desire for power um, where she's willing to just sort of be a thorn in everyone's side and, and you know, make everything about her and what she wants. But I did, I do think she, she really does care about her people. I mean, she, she does, she does want something for herself, but she really did care. So she wasn't, she wasn't all bad. And and then it turned out that you know she did have her own rise to power. So I mean, the people did start trusting her. You know, oh. she was named Quest. Her, she had her own quest in the book. No, that's true. She did have a. I never, I didn't even make a connection between her name. Although I don't know that I totally agree that she cared. I think maybe in the beginning she started out with 
yeah, you know what, my people, we have some legitimate gripes, and I want to bring this to the attention of the Federation. You know, we're on this uh, outlying planet, which has few resources, and why are we not getting uh, the resources that we need when the Federation is channeling all this money into uh, rescuing Romulans, who are our enemies? But I sort of felt like eventually it really became less and less about her caring about her people, um, that that was just sort of had just become an excuse, and it really was more about her wanting, you know, power and, and wanting things for herself and less about her people. That's just how I took it. And so also I wanted to mention the Romulan Purim that was the, the governor on the, on the planet that they went to, and he was the one that had the, you know, the giant maze in front of his mansion. And you know how the other Romulan said he was, he's mad. <laughs> but I just, I just loved all the scenes with Kiram, with the, um, the giant maze that Picard and Tajub had to go through, and then they're staying in, in, in his mansion. It was just, um, it was just a fun scene to read about. Yeah, I really enjoyed reading that too. And reading that about the maze getting into his mansion and his mansion and just talking to himself, it really, made me think about the fact that, you know, the Romulans are, that's not their name for themselves, but, the, you know, humans gave him that name after the Roman Empire, and he really seemed a lot to me like a, a wealthy, you know, Roman senator of the time um, and his, uh, you know, eccentricities. Um, and that was, he was a really interesting character, too, and like many of the other characters in this book, he was someone who, you know, we can see... Uh, politicians or prominent people in the world today who who he reminds you of. Um, you know, he was someone who was very wealthy and powerful, but was completely, you know, unwilling to accept the reality of what was happening around him. You know, all these environmental disasters are happening, um, and he's just in complete denial um, to the point where he's in so much denial that he's, you know, willing to let all the people that live in his province die because he just can't one believe that you know the reality of what's happening and two is not going to let the federation help him or anyone else yeah it looked like he was willing to die too or he was just so insane that he he didn't even think about that um and, and the fact that he he kept his own people in the dark i mean they kind of they kind of knew something was going on just from hearing things but he kept them from hearing the real uh news service where they could learn what was going on and that they needed to be evacuated. Yeah. Uh, you know, another aspect of the Romulan culture, you know, just like a, uh, Ritet experienced on Romulus. Now this center was not on Romulus, but, uh, another, I can't remember the name of the planet, a, a planet close to Romulus in the Romulan empire. Uh, but you know, the same thing, he basically had his people living in censorship. He had censored all the news channels so that they couldn't, you know, learn anything about the truth, um, you know, keep them completely in the dark about the reality of what was happening. And also, I, I liked the, um, you know, the sub that was on uh, the Verity, that when they went to the, the first planet that they went to for this mission, and the sub was, of course, he was real snotty and everything, but then, and in the end, when they found out, like, they, they had to drop him off at this planet where they knew the living conditions were, would be bad. And Picard tried. He said, like, can, can, we, can we give these people more food and water and not have them living in these 
muddy tents and everything. And and somehow, oh, his name was Suvim. I see it now. Subprater Suvim. And when, when he finally beamed down, I mean, he had to just go ahead and let his people go to, down to that planet where they would just be poor and be um, submissive to the governors there. And he just, when he said, like, I, I curse you, Picard, and, and it says, Picard watched a subprater crumble. I mean, that was really sad. I mean, and this proud Romulan, and you can understand his position, like, it was something he had to do, but he, I mean, of course he didn't want to, but there was no choice, and he did it. He just, he just took his fate in the end. Yeah, I mean, the, Picard and, you know, the, some of the other characters in the book, they're all, like, over and over again faced with a lot of these, like, impossible choices. I mean, uh, you know, Picard is responsible for relocating these Romulans down to another planet that's supposed to be safer. Um, and when he, you know, they're promised that, it's going to be like home and, you know, either going to, you know, have a house. And he realizes when they arrive that the conditions are horrible, that the Romulans really haven't done anything to care for their own people. People are living in tents and there's, you know, military guards. It's basically like they're living in prison camps. Um, and, you know, he doesn't want, Picard doesn't want to, take these people that he's rescued and put them there, but he doesn't really have a choice because they're not his people. The Romulans, you know, are telling him that he has to do this. And if he's, you know, tries to defy them, he could start a, a war with the Romulans. So he's sort of, his hands are tied and it's just a horrible position to be in. And, and that sort of happened again and again, um, where he really wanted to do the right thing, but was was unable to do so for different reasons. I mean, he has to look at the big picture. I mean, like, he's saving lives. I mean, at least these people are alive, which, I don't know, you're, you'd almost think that's that might be worse than death for some people, but we're still thinking at least they're alive. At least he did save them from the supernova. Yeah, I mean, and then, of course, later on in the stories, and, and actually in this situation, I... I it was written exactly how how you expect Picard to react, but I, I didn't agree with him. And that's when they when he goes to Nimbus three, and this is a situation where the the inhabitants do not want to evacuate. Um, and he's I really thought at this point, you know, there were so many people that had to be evacuated. They knew that they weren't going to have time to save them all, and that he should have said if they don't want to leave their homes, you know let them stay, but he, you know, he didn't want to do that. He knew that they were going to die. Um, and because they refused, they ended up being killed by, by the Tal Shiar. Um, so that was another, you know, another horrible thing that Picard had to experience. He's trying to do the right thing. And he, he has to sort of stand by while the Tal Shiar kill these people. Um, and he can't do anything because if he tries to interfere, they'll, you know, his ship would probably get destroyed. Yeah, that was one of the big turning points um, in the book. I mean, that this that one happened right after the scene where he he met the um, the Kuat Malat, and everything worked out so well there. So he was hoping the next assignment would also work out well. But then they had all the where the Tal Shiar killed all those people on Nimbus Three. And, and then that was also when the, the Bajoran officer decided to resign. And, you know, and I felt for her, too, because, I mean, because, yeah, you understand her position. She, didn't, she did not like that. 
and she had lived through a lot uh, with the Cardassians. Um, I mean, that was another thing of the book. They drew a lot of parallels with uh, the situation with the Cardassians because they had to be rebuilt as well. But they, even they accepted the, uh, the help from the Federation a little more than, than the Romulans are. Right. Yeah, this was, I mean, a, probably a worse situation because, um, at least in the novel verse, when you read about the rebuilding of Cardassia, um, the Cardassians, you know, even though they don't really like the Federation, they're pretty much willing to accept help in rebuilding because they, they don't really have a choice. And here we're seeing where the Romulans, their society is so secretive and they, they distrust the Federation so much that they're just willing to let their own people die rather than accept aid. It's pretty awful. And so that brings us to the next point. Um, how does the book help you enjoy uh, like what you saw on the series, or did the book add to the series? I'm really glad that the book came out when it did. Um, I mean, it would have been better maybe even if it came out before the series, but it came out early enough in the series um, that, you know, if you write it right away, it, it was helpful. I, I almost feel like if I had just seen the show – and not read the book. There's so so many questions you I had watching the show that were that were unanswered, and that still never got answered in the course of the show itself. That this book answers um, so many things. That I mean, I could you know, we could talk about them for a long time. But uh, you know, one one thing that we see, um, which is only sort of touched on briefly, um, a lot of people were asking online who had seen the show but not read the book about the situation with. Elnor, and it, it, you know, the show doesn't give much background on information on as far as what happened with his people. Um, and in the book, you, you understand that um, Picard sort of doesn't have a choice but to leave um, and he can't go back. And that really clears up a lot of things, I thought. Um, and a whole lot about the, the situation on Mars and why this since were created. Um, which isn't addressed in the show, um, which I thought really would have been helpful um, in understanding the show more. And then most importantly, in the book, we really see, and I, this before I even read the book, one of my main questions watching the show is, it just didn't make sense to me that the Federation would just accept, oh yeah, the synths went rogue and they killed people and now we're banning them and that's it. And there's, you know, nobody questioned, oh, they just went rogue it seemed pretty clear to me that they wouldn't just go rogue, that there had to be sort of some malevolence behind that. Somebody was responsible. And I kept asking myself that as I was watching the show. Um, and in the book, we see that um, Rafi, you know, she also questions this and she really feels like there's something more to it. But in the book, she's viewed as sort of a fringe conspiracy theorist and that's one of the reasons that she loses her family and, and you know, her job and ends up, you know, suffering from addiction is because people don't believe her. And you really got to see that in the book, the whole background of what happened. And you just don't see that in the show. And I felt like it just, it adds so much and explains so much reading the book. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot more in the book. Um, I mean, of course, you don't like, I don't feel like you have to read the book to, to enjoy the series, but yeah, it does help knowing all of this, all of the background stuff. I like that at the book, first of all, like the book had Jordy. We found out he was, he was there on Mars working with the Sense and helping build the ships. 
And the book also had Spock, because that was something I had wondered watching the show. Like, what, you know, like, did Spock ever get off Romulus? Because that was the last we saw of him. Oh, except, of course, he did go to the, um, he went to the Kelvin timeline. That was the actual prime universe Spock that went to the Kelvin timeline. But in this book, I do like that he, he got off Romulus in time before the supernova. So they, they at least had him. It was great to see him, like, in one scene in the book. Yeah, and we didn't really touch on Jordy at all. Um, and, of course, I really felt like Jordy was missing, along with some other characters from the series. Um, Jordy's not in the, the Picard series, but he does play a, a pretty large role in the book, um, heading the mission on Mars uh, to build all these synths who will then be building... Um, well, he's not building the synths that's... That's a side project that's uh, being run by some other people, but he's sort of in charge of the whole thing, um, that the synths will then be building the ships that they're going to need to evacuate all the Romulans. And you get to see his interactions with uh, Mackenzie, who is the, uh, you know, sort of the head person underneath him. Um, And and it was really, it really gave a lot of background, and and I really enjoyed seeing him there. So it's a shame he didn't make it into the show. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and I like how it showed the other Federation. Well, as we talked about Quest, and, and we find out what, what's going on more with the Federation. I mean, you know, on the show when Clancy did say that um, that they had 14 planets ready to leave, the United Federation of Planets. And here, I mean, all through the book, you, you see more of that about how the other planets were just, um, a lot of them were upset about Starfleet using so many resources to help the Romulans, and some of these other planets needed needed help too. They they needed replicators and and everything. They needed more of the um, food and transportation going to their planets, but it had to be cut down for them so that the Romulans could be helped. And you just see it more a lot here um, how Clancy was so um, well. Was, I mean, she was in this situation. She was always she was trying to help the card, but then also she was in the place where she was. She was up against a lot of stuff going on with, with uh, Quest and all the other, the council and everybody that she had to deal with. So I like how the book um, expanded on that and, and the fact that how Clancy was so at odds with Picard. I mean, and Picard said this in the book. He felt like he just, like he was misaligned with her, like maybe he didn't quite understand her. Yeah, I mean, and of course in the show we really get the impression that she's just really... Uh, you know, if you're a fan of Picard, you probably don't like her because she just, uh, her and Picard just don't, uh, get along so well. Um, but in the book, a lot more of that is explained. I mean, I still don't think she's a pretty, uh, maybe I don't like her personality or her character, but you do get more background as to what's happening because Picard's out there, you know, uh, far away from Earth and Federation, you know, interplanets and, doesn't really know what she's up against dealing with people like Quest and these other uh, disgruntled Federation citizens who are angry that so much money is going to help the Romulans who are their enemies when, you know, they need things at home. Um, And really, he's kind of oblivious to all that, so he doesn't understand what she's having to deal with. So it makes her position a little more understandable I think it's interesting how she was she was a captain in this book, and then by the time of, of the series, she's she's um, the commander in chief of Starfleet. So she's the one who who rose up, and you, I mean, and all we know that 
she has done is um, helped with this, um, with the whole Romulan evacuation and then having to uh, to put a stop to it. And so it makes you wonder, if is it because of of um, stopping the help to the Romulans that she actually was able to rise through Star? Yeah, you know, I did not consider that, but that's... That's a good question to ask. Yeah, because she's, or or maybe she was just the only one left. I but but yeah, it's it is some because she was a captain and now she's a, a um an admiral. Anything else in the book? Uh, any uh, other thoughts? Well, I would just like to say, in addition to the fact that what I already mentioned about how I really think it complements the show and provides so much background for the series is. One thing that I loved about it is that it had so much that's relevant to what's happening in the world now. Um, so many things you, you could read that and be like, oh, you know, I know exactly what politician she's talking about. And maybe she's not talking about the person you think she's in the UK. So maybe she's not, you know, I'm probably thinking of an American <laughs> politician. Maybe she had somebody over there in mind. But I think anybody can see some of these themes uh, throughout the book, and you know that's one of the things that's great about Star Trek is how it brings these relevant themes forward. And not to say that, but some of the books don't do that. Some of the books are more focused on, a, you know, on certain other things. I think this more than any book that I've read in a long time, any Star Trek book, really brought forward a lot of themes that, and issues that we're facing today, which I I just thought was great. Yeah, Star Trek has has always been like that. I mean, yeah, so, so much of it is relevant to the times or things that are uh, that have just recently happened. And um, and I believe that um, this one, there was supposed to be, in the Picard series, a lot of it was supposed to be similar to Rex. But um, for, for this, well, this, since this book was supposed to happen before the series, I, I mean, you know, one, one problem, you know, like prequel books, you just, you know it has to end a certain way that... Um, I don't think that really took anything away from it. It was still it was still a good book to read. I mean, no, I, I agree. Yeah, you, um, and not all books are like this, but this one was. Even though I knew how the ending was going to be, the journey was so interesting and the characters so interesting that I just kept wanting to read more and more. And this is definitely one of my favorites that I've read recently. I can't say I really wanted to keep reading it all the time. Um, well, one other thing was the book keeps, it changes scenes a lot because there's so much happening in this book. So even like within one chapter, it goes to like there's Picard on the USS Verity and then, then it goes to um, Okinawa at the Daystrom Institute and then it goes to Starfleet Command. There's a lot of switching back and forth. And I guess it was kind of, I thought that was a little much the way it, only spent a few pages on each scene but not that it wasn't a good book but that's that was a little jarring to me it does it does have a lot of uh different characters and scenes it does go back and forth that's true um but but i kind of enjoyed that so i guess it just just depends on whether that's your style or not yeah not appeal to everyone and um, I have to say, I still want to know more about how, how the Vulcans feel about the whole thing, because they didn't mention them in the book or in on the series. Maybe, maybe in season two they will. But, you yeah. know, the cousins of the Romulans, and how do they feel, and what's their involvement? You know, they were glaringly absent in this uh, book. I mean, the, the majority of the characters here were human. We did have, um, you know, there was the Bajoran um, person aboard Picard ship the Verity, um, 
and you know, of course they had some Romulan characters, but um, I, I can't remember that there was even a single Vulcan character in there, and I don't really recall a lot of other aliens either. So yeah, that is an interesting question to ask. Uh, where were some of the other species uh, during this evacuation? And what were they doing and what were their thoughts? Yeah, there was just there was just talk about some of the other planets. Um, so, so it ended with, with, you know, Picard back at the vineyard, and he said someone gave him the dog, number one, right? Um, it, it's interesting, too, that he just, he, the way it ended, it seemed like Picard was at peace, which, and I guess he, he was for a while. He probably stayed there at, at his home in France, and then it was probably years later that he started getting more restless and wanted to go back out into space. Yeah, I, I don't know that he was at peace. I think... You know, I really felt like his resignation was kind of a bluff, that, the way that I read it. You know, that he did not expect them to say, okay, well, just resign then. Um, but, but they let him resign. And I think he was so angry with the Federation's behavior that probably the anger kept him going for a while where he didn't, you know. But then after he had time to, he'd been sitting in his house for a while and had time to think about it and the anger subsided, then he probably started thinking, well, maybe I'm, Maybe my decision was too rash, and you know, I should have really thought about the fact that I'm not going to be content spending the rest of my life here. Yeah, he, he probably did regret it, and I and I do think it, it was a bluff when he said I'll just resign. But they, yeah, he just didn't know how serious they were at the time that they really had to um to to just disband the whole mission. So yeah, the, um, the other one thing I would add too is. That I, you know, I wonder if we'll see this in future novels or in the series as it continues. Um, I thought that we would get some background onto what ha- uh, how he met uh, Laris and Javon, the two Romulans that uh, you know live and work with him in France. Yeah, um, that, but we, we didn't. Yeah, that was actually covered in the comic books. If you, there were, you know, there was a three series um, comic that led up to this too. So, so the, in the comics, that, that actually explained how he met them. It was on a planet, and they were there. They were sort of the leaders there, and they, it turned out they were tall Shi'ar, but, and they were, actually, they were actually against what the Romulus had, had been doing, oppressing the people on the planet. And, and they, actually, they were actually working on a planet that was similar to um, a wine vineyard. So they knew about wine and everything, and that's how Picard asked him to, to come be with him on his, on his vineyard. So it was, yeah, so I guess they, so they left that part for the comics. Oh, I see. I guess that's it. Any other thoughts? Uh, no, I, I just stick with what I said before. I think it's a great story and I highly recommend it. Yes, I think it was a good book to tell um, the story of what happened before, before you watch the show or even, or even after you watch it. So it was, um, it was definitely a good book and I, you know, I've, and I've always liked Una McCormick. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and join our Facebook group. Live long and may the force be with you. Nanu Nanu.